welcome to Aura Talks. Okay. Hi everyone, Dambi here. Welcome back to another episode of Aura Talks. We are at episode four. And as my t-shirt states, I am delighted to have with me two of my closest friends from childhood, Ayesha and Cecilia, who also grew up in the intentional community of Oracle. One of the many reasons why I feel so comfortable being around these girls is A, they also shared the Oracle childhood, and B, they've also, like myself, lived abroad for many years. And what that has allowed us to do over the years is do some deep compare and contrast of the different surroundings that we've grown up in and also support each other through the years. So girls, thank you so much for being here. Like I really appreciate it. This is really fun. This is um, (laughs) such a beautiful way to like reflect upon memories and reflect upon. I mean, these are all things that I think about on a daily basis. So um, I'm glad to be able to discuss them with you guys like openly. Perfect. So today's um, topic, um, Aura Talks, is going to be getting some perspective from Oracle kids regarding what their views and opinions are on the Aura platform and the Aura vision. And more specifically, if you both believe that this is a step in the right direction to achieving the ideals of Oracle. But before we move on to a very fruitful conversation, I think it'd be nice for the audience members to get some self, uh, short self-introductions. So for example, at which age did you leave Oroville? What did you do afterwards? And currently, what is the main focus and driving force in your life? So Ses, yeah. you want to begin? Yeah, sure. So I am half Italian, half American, and I was born in Italy, grew up in Italy until the age of eight. And then my parents decided to take a one year off and kind of move to India as just as a trial for one year. Uh, We moved to Oroville when I was eight years old. And yeah, basically we moved there and we still kind of live there. Like my house is still there. My dogs are still there. Of course, um, things happen on the way. So my parents ended up breaking up. My mom moved back to Italy. My dad moved back to Italy. So I went to university. So it's a lot different to how my childhood was. Um, but I, yeah, went after eight years old, I moved to Oroville. I lived there. I met Dumby. She was actually one of the first persons I met. Um, we lived in the same community called Felicity, which is just, I mean, when I tell people the story, they're like, it's called Felicity. I'm like, yeah, I swear. Um, some of the best memories I have. And, um, I moved out of Oroville when I was 16. I went to boarding school in Northern, well, central Northern India in Pune. Uh, UWC, um, which was another great experience. And then I moved to London. And so I think at the age of 16 is when I had, uh, when I started really realizing what Orville was. Before that, once the whole time I lived in Orville, it was completely normal. Everything was, uh, I never questioned things. Um, it was my reality. And when I started, when I moved away, people start asking me questions. So that's when I started having to answer them and I realized that it was really hard to answer things because I never really reflected upon my reality and I never really realized how different it was to so many other people um even though of course we all like in the summer I went to Italy like we we all had traveled a lot it wasn't like we were always in Orville but still it was you know until you go to school in a place I think that's just your reality so Yeah, so that's when I start questioning it. And I'm sure we have a lot of time to talk about that. But Ayesha, I want to hear your story. Sure. Um, so I'm half Indian, half German. I was born in Germany. And uh, my, mother <laughs> <laughs> my mother moved to Oroville um, when I was like three months old. And uh, so I really grew up in Oroville, like, I lived in um, a community called Pichandikulam, which is um, a very forested area in Oroville. So I was very fortunate to like grow up literally feeling like, you know, I was growing in the, growing up in the jungle. Um, and so I was running around barefoot. And yeah, I think that was just a very beautiful way to have a childhood. Um, and um, and yeah, I met uh, Dunby and Cecilia later on, uh, I think, Cecilia started in the fourth grade, Dambi joined in the third grade. Um, So, and and we've just been so close uh, throughout all the years. And and yeah, these friendships mean so much to me. Um, Since Oroville, I have um, gone to boarding school in the US. Um, I lived in Mumbai for a little while because um, 
I was a child artist and I wanted to see if I was still interested in acting. So I, I lived there for a couple of years. Uh, that was a very unique experience for me because it was so different from Oroville, yet it was still in India, obviously. So um, yeah, that was that was a great eye-opening experience for me. And then I went to college in New York City and uh, I actually just graduated um, and I'm still kind of figuring out what I want to do. Um, and I'm hoping to go back to Oroville very soon. Wow, you guys, thank you for that wonderful self-introduction. It's funny, I got on a short call with my mom today. Uh, she, she, we got on daily calls, it's Corona times. There's no excuse like, oh, I'm busy, mom. No, there's none of that. So we, we have our daily calls. And my mom asked, what's your plan for the day? And I said, I'm getting on a call with Seth and Aisha, which I'm very excited about. And she said, as a parent who raised a couple of kids in Oracle, she'd love to hear from other Oracle kids, what was one of the biggest challenges, uh, what, what was the biggest challenge after you left Oracle? Let's say, and entering the so-called real world. Hmm. Oh, I have a lot to say on this one. <laughs> <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to take this one first then? Uh, <laughs> there's a few things that come up, but one of the beauty, the most beautiful things about Oroville is the fact that you can trust everyone so openly in the community. Um, and I love that about Oroville, you know, like, I mean, I can say hi to everybody, you know, we can have random conversations with anybody. It's just very open. Um, and when I moved out, that's the one thing that kind of I had to realize that like you can't just trust everybody that openly. And it's obviously that's something that's rational. I know that. Right. Like I've been taught that. But to actually have that to, to recognize that from within, like to really have that ingrained within you, because it's it's something that is very instinctive and natural that you want to open up and share and and feel comfortable. And you trust everybody instinctively uh, because that's the way you grew up. So that is one thing that I think I had to adjust uh, my perceptions on. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Aisha. Um, I think commute, um, one of the biggest, um, I think, uh, advantages to, for a kid to grow up in Orville is just, it's such a trust, uh, there's so much trust in the community and we have so much freedom. And with freedom, of course, it, you have to have a lot of responsibilities, but I'm not exactly sure how responsible we were as kids in Orville, but we could get away with that because it was just such a safe environment, right? Exactly. Like uh, parents didn't have to worry about where kids were because I mean, yeah. within the confinements of the community of Oroville, like they, there was not that many dangers, even just because yeah. like if you live in New York City, Aisha, you're familiar with that now. I mean, would you really let your kids stroll around barefoot just around the city? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate with that. How about you, Seth? So what are yeah. some of, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the trust is such a big, big thing, especially now that I live in LA. Um, I noticed how people are, always operating out of fear so mm -hmm. they fear um especially in america i feel even more than europe this whole idea that you can sue anybody for anything like people are even scared like sometimes i wonder if i faint on the street um people would be scared to even help me because mm -hmm. they might be sued by i might sue them or something so trust is a huge um one i agree with you and also to be honest for me it was making friends um, I'm a very social person and I've never had like troubles making friends or socializing, but I find it really difficult in today's world to make friends and in LA especially, uh, it's, I don't know where to go. Like either you meet people in your yoga classes mm -hmm. or at work, but if you don't, um, actively participate in groups, how are you supposed to make friends? And I'm not on the dating market, but I know a lot of my friends that have really big issues with dating. They, they don't know how to meet people. And so uh, we rely on technology a lot. And for me, I don't know, that's always been something that I struggle with because I enjoy having real conversations with people and I struggled with it a lot here to meet people. And then once you meet them to actually talk about um, real thing because you need to go through that whole phase of small talk and getting to know each other which is it just I really don't like it like it's nice to get to know people but like I want to like I really want to talk about real things and sometimes my questions come out to be super intrusive and like whoa that's a deep conversation like I'm not ready to have that kind of energy with somebody when you just meet them so I, I really this is why I enjoy talking to you guys because we're over all of that and it's yeah, it's just something I miss. 
a lot. Uh, well, I can really relate us to what you're saying. Personally, I left um, I left Oroville when I was in my teens. So I went to high school, and when you're still in high school, as it was for you when you went to UWC, it's still easier to make friends because you're still you there is you're spending 24 hours seven days a week with these people so it's so easy to foster beautiful relationships but then at college it gets a bit more trickier because it's not as niche as high schools and like it's very competitive in college so i feel like people are not there to make friends but to really succeed and really further themselves like you know in terms of their careers yeah. and yeah and i completely agree with you on that regard that it must it was all for everyone on this chat, very difficult to transition into that. And I can also just relate to what you were saying about deep questions. Because the funny thing about Orville is even though there's so many people that we still don't talk to, we see their faces all the time, right? So we're, even that exposure alone gives us courage to, if randomly we sit, sit with them at La Terrace, we can ask very intimate questions which of course is a beautiful thing but also like in certain regards we need to i feel like we're too opinionated but for sure when i first came to germany and germans are very um very known for being a bit more distant in the beginning and opening up later and i would ask questions like oh how's your relationship with your father and mother and they would take such offense like who are you to ask me this and it was definitely a learning curve for me too and like i've learned a lot in that sense i think i'm much more socially versatile than i used to be and which is of course a pro but i do honestly i i'm just so grateful that i can fall back to these relationships to like you know on our friendships because it's so effortless and that's definitely one of the beauties of having grown up in Oregon. So I want to you guys dive a bit deeper into the topic of today, which is, of course, our perception of Oroville and also how our relationship to the community has developed over time, right? So I'll start off by saying sometimes I cannot believe I grew up in Oroville. It seems like such a distant reality, especially when you're surrounded by people who really who think that Oroville is a cult. Like when I try to even remotely explain uh, what Orville is, oh, cult, cult, cult. And then that makes me feel so, not ashamed, but very misjudged. Like I always feel like there's a lot of prejudice. So then I don't open up about that part of my life as much, unless there are you know, people who are very like kind and open-minded. But it's definitely like not easy to share this uh, part of our childhood or our life, right? But I would say that funny enough, my my relationship to the community has changed or developed over time drastically, especially last year. Um, I went to the community five times on five different occasions to really uh, spread this idea, to really engage with the community. And I found myself asking questions that I've never asked before. A, I asked myself, what, found, what fundamental ideals was Orville built on, apart from the state basic statements of human unity and unity and diversity? Going beyond that, I need some more details. And B, I also asked myself, what, how did I get shaped by this type of cultural, social, and spiritual exposure, and how did that contribute to the person that I'm today? And most importantly, in relation to our conversation today, I found myself asking for the very first time in my life, how can I, Dambi Kim, the person that I am today, contribute to Orville as a community? Because as kids, we take a lot of things for granted in Orville. I mean, I think we're gonna naturally dive into those things, like all the opportunities we had growing up there. But I never asked that question when I was a teenager or a kid. I'm like, oh, Orville's great. And I loved Orville, but I never ever thought, okay, what can I do for the community, right? And of course, Orville is a very collectivistic environment. So it would, it's natural that kids should think that way, but we really didn't. I mean, that's just my, uh, my honest answer, right? So what I want to ask both of you, have you guys had similar thoughts uh, or sim have gone through similar processes? Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot. How about yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like you covered a lot of different topics and like a lot of different points. So, um, but in terms of like questioning what I want to give back to Orville, I think that's yeah. something that I will feel more strongly when I move back right now, because I'm so far, um, I haven't gone back to Orville in like a year now. Um, and usually I go back twice a year or whatever, but it's been an entire year and I'm really looking forward to going back so that I can like reconnect and um, think about like ways to give back. But it is hard to do that when you're, you know, in another part of the world. For um, sure, just bypassing, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. No, I can but, definitely, yeah. 
sorry, the other part of your question was like, what are the fundamental ideals of Oroville, right? Yeah. Um, Just questioning that more as an individual at a more mature state in your life. Yeah. Um, I think that that's, yes, definitely something that I've been thinking about, especially that's something that you can think about easily when you're away because you're thinking about everything that you're missing um, because you're not in direct contact with um, with Oroville and everything that it stands for. And so you're kind of missing it. Um, so like some of the things that I miss is like, like we talked about, like trust between people, um, like giving back to the community in whatever way, um, uh, the sense of like individualized learning and like self-motivation that you're taught in the Oroville schools. Yeah. That's something um, that it, it just works differently. Um, you know, I, I've just been in college for four years and yes, on one hand, that is, that's a great skill that I learned because I had, I learned that like, I need to want to learn. I need to want to push myself, but it is a different system. Cause like abroad, it's like, okay, you have an exam, you have your, you know, you know, you have this deadline, you have this, this. it's a, it's a lot. It's, it's, even though someone is not yelling at you and telling you, you can't do this. Um, you still have that pressure that, and that's very different from what I experienced in Oroville. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess what I was trying to ask earlier was, so we're a bit more, uh, we, I don't know, I always find, so, I find it so strange to call myself an adult. <laughs> Forever a child, an inner child always lives on. But um, I think what's really interesting is for all of us, Aisha, you, were, I mean, you weren't born in Orville, but you've been growing up there since a very, very young age, much more longer than Aisha, I mean, Cecilia or I have. Yeah. But for Cecilia and I, it was our parents' conscious decision to move to this community and to devote to its ideals and vision, right? So as children, we just followed suit because that's what children do. Like, we know, we like trust our parents to take care of us. And they did a fantastic, I mean, they did a great job and they made the right decision, in my opinion. But for me to go back at, as an adult, um, at the age of 25 and really live in the community, at least semi-part-time live in the community, I had to ask myself, as the person that I am today, would I come to Oroville and live there? Because it's different, like as a child, it wasn't really your choice. It was something that was somehow handed to you, a great gift that was handed to you. So I think for that reason alone, I found myself asking, okay, if I want to, if I consciously choose to live in Oroville, I definitely have to find ways in which I could give gap get back so that was my process and I'm really looking forward Ayesha when you go back after, now that you've concluded a big chapter in your life to see how what type of thought processes you'll have and I think we'll definitely touch base hopefully at, towards end of this year and you can tell me and we can have we can do a part to this to this episode so that'll be interesting yeah guys so I want to now move on to the potentials of the aura platform so I gave you both a little bit homework uh, in terms of like learning about the aura platform just the basic mechanisms and how it would function but for our audience members I want to give a very short recap more specifically in regards to the two major issues that the aura platform is trying to address in the community so the first one is equal ensuring an equal access to opportunities and free sharing so having grown up there, we had access to a lot of things. If I wanted a yoga lesson, if I needed math tutoring, if I wanted some deep breathing exercises or wanted to learn how, what, what Sue was about, there was always someone there. And more so than that, that person, be it a he or she, was willing to give his or her time of day for free. So that I definitely had this reality check when I left um, and realized, okay, not every offering or uh, in, uh, act of goodwill is free. There is in modern parts or let's say more modern urban parts of the world, a price tag on a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. But one, one thing I really want to highlight in terms of like equal access to this like free exchange is as kids, I feel a little bit ashamed admitting this, but I don't think we were as inclusive towards newer members of the community, especially newer kids that entered our class a few, for a few years down the line, let's say at the age of 14, 15, and we knew each other since the age of um, eight, right? So I then found myself asking, you know, okay, we have this kind of seamless access to this, um, this great free network, but did other people who came to Oracle at a later stage in life, right, be it a teenager or an adult, do newcomers, volunteers, and newly Orvillians have equal access to this? So I just wanted to hear what your thoughts were on, were on this matter. Well, I think, 
I mean, okay, so the, this is another question that I've been asking myself a lot. And I think the beauty of Orville and also the difficult part is that everything is accessible to you if you're looking for it or if you ask for it. Yes. So it all has to start from you. So nobody's going to spoon feed you with anything. However, um, everything that you want is available. So there's always a give and take. Um, and the longer you are in a community such as Oroville, the more people you know, the more things you know exist, um, the more places um, you know have possibilities. Like, for example, um, people that might just move to Oroville might just think there's one gym in new creation, or I don't even know if that still exists, but there's a new gym that was built all the way in the green belt, right? Yeah. So these are things you only know if you ask or if you know because you live there. Um, and that's kind of the beauty of Orville in, in my experience is because it's like, uh, it's like a jungle and the rest of the world, everything is catered to you. Everything is straightforward. Mm. Um, even though when you move to a new city, like you still have to kind of shop around and ask people like, Hey, like, do you suggest, um, where, where do you do yoga? Do you like it over there? So is it just the same in Orville? And maybe it feels a little less available because uh, there is a separation between Orvillians, newcomers, and guests. Um, so you have a title or a name that separates you in different categories. And according to what category you are, per se, um, you have access to things um, either for free or for a little bit of money or for more money. So I think that's the main separation, um, which in a way um, I understand how it could be exclusive, but in another way, how else are you going to regulate or keep a community safe and keep a community controlled? Yeah. Um, so, yes, I think that it could be more accessible for more people, but also I kind of like it that it is um, like a jungle that you navigate and the more you ask, the more you talk, the more you socialize, the more you get to know, the more things you try. Yeah. Um, it might be a little difficult because like you said, Dambi, um, we tend to be as aura villains, we tend to be closed off because we are so tight knit and we go through so many things together that when somebody new comes along, instead of embracing them and being like, welcome, uh, we tend to be like a little bit like reserved and being like, well, you're not part of this group, which is a really horrible thing. And I remember feeling that kind of energy when I in eighth grade, when I in fourth grade, when I was eight years old, I felt it. Luckily, we were still really young, so it was really easy to integrate. Um, but I wonder if people that move in when they're like 15, you know, how they can integrate um, and, 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 you know, it's this competition between friends that have memories for so many years and memories that you just start making. And the only difference between Oroville and a city is that everything is smaller. So instead of having 20 new people in a school, you have one. Yeah. So everything is a smaller scale, um, which is not negative or positive. It just makes it a little more difficult. So, yeah, so I think it, it functions, but it could definitely could be improved. Yeah, well, I agree with so much of what you said, Sess. I do agree that there is this beauty in Orville that you need to have the initiative to go explore. So now things are good. I really like the point that you made about the world catering to you, especially when you live in the cities, right? Like the whole consumer idea is that there's so many things that are going to cater to you and your needs. But in Orville, you have to have that initiative. And the same goes for learning, right? Because I said that if, there, if I wanted to learn something, like somebody was, to, uh, was going to support me, but the initiative had to come from myself. So there was no that there was not that societal pressure to be like, Dambi, you need to learn a like an instrument, you need to learn how to swim. If it came from me, I was I am so grateful for the fact that the, those opportunities or that support for learning and exploration was there. But in regards to some of the points that you made regarding integration of newer members, I think what's also beautiful about the Aura platform, it's not necessarily focusing only on inter integrating or introducing your members to the community, but more so also fostering more camaraderie or uh, free exchange within the community of people who've been living there for decades or for a long time. Because what we've seen in recent years India has gone through a surge in infl inflation. So what that has caused is people have more pressure than let's say 
at, during the early days of Orville to earn more money, right? And when you have that, um, when you have that pressure to earn more, you can't give as much as freely as you want as you wanted to before. So I think what we're trying to do with this platform is create a really create remind the community that of its roots of really wanting to care for others and attend to their needs. So I really, um, in that sense, I think it would be really just nice for even the old timers, you know, it's not only exclusive for, oh, new people, here's the platform, you're going to integrate. That's not exactly the image or the process that we're going for. Yeah. Um, Aisha, do you have any thoughts that you'd like to share? Um, regarding like um, what Seth talked about earlier, I really agree with everything she said. Um, I think that another, term to use is like Orvillians really I think care about privacy mm-hmm. and um, you know they are concerned about you know oh, if there's someone new in the community are they going to respect our privacy are they going to respect um, our ideals um, so I understand why there is that sort of slower integration because if Orville was just completely open to everyone then um, how do you stop it from becoming like every other part place in the world, right? You have to keep the values of Orville um, pure. And so I understand, I understand like why people are um, concerned about being completely open, but I think that it's, it's something that has to be addressed, especially, you know, um, for youth, because when young people are coming into like the school system or whatever, and it's really tough to become, integrated and that can have like really lasting scars on people like I I think you know um, I didn't experience that but I was always concerned about it when someone new came into the class and there's a lot of peer pressure and you know one thing that I noticed is that if you have one friend if you know one person within the community then it becomes a lot easier to kind of become integrated and so I think what would be nice is with the aura platform it will allow people to have more interactions and i think through interactions like activities and stuff that's where genuine friendships can form yeah and within that genuine friendship if that happens between let's say one newcomer and one oravillian and then they become completely you know they become close to each other then uh naturally then they will become integrated within the community because they'll have a support at least of one oravillian i don't know if that makes sense no that makes a lot another point sorry dambi that um i remember um I was discussing this with a lot of other friends in Oroville. I went quite recently, actually, just before Corona. I was really lucky to go after three years of not having been there. And I noticed a lot of new things because I had a completely new perspective and I had grown a lot. But one of the topics um, about about Oroville that came up was that and people felt that because it's such an open community, people often move in for a few months and then move away and then come back for a few months and volunteer for six months. And I felt like the general vibe of... Uh, or evidence was that they didn't want to get too close to people because they kept being um, really sad that people would leave, which yeah. is another reason why um, people kind of tend to stay back because you, you're there, you make great friendships, and then after six months, they leave and you're alone or back where you started, Um, which never happened to me because I'm always the one that comes for a really short time and goes away um, because I've been living abroad. But I know this is a feeling that has, is felt a lot within the community. For sure. I just want to comment on uh, what you both shared. Um, First, what what you shared says, I do agree that humans are also, we're creatures with attachments, right? We like to give, um, we like to get attached to people and that's how we believe you um, develop more nurturing or more long lasting friendships. And I do agree with that. Also, my mom has had experience in the past where she had great friendships and they left because, of course, Orville is a social experiment that is not for everyone. And over time, you may feel like, okay, this is not for me and they leave, right? And you're not going to force anyone to stay. So my mom has definitely been that in that position where she's like, oh, like all the people that I love and really had such wonderful relationship with are leaving me. Right. But at the same time, I've also gone through through my past relationships and my share of heartbreak that one of the most uh, important lessons in our um, as an adult is to let go of attachments. And I know that sounds that sounds incredibly spiritual and it sounds like an, an, an like an impossible feat. But I do believe that there's something so beautiful about enjoying the moment, no matter, um, regardless of how long it lasts, right? So again, that kind of brings me to what Aisha was saying. 
about um, kind of fostering interactions. And what I really hope, even in the context of schools where you see more of the um, less integration and more, let's say, marginalization of the newer members, is that if you have a platform like this, let's say me as a 17-year-old put, oh, I want to, I'll do a book club because Seth mentioned in our last conversation that we don't have a book club in Oracle. And a newer member can just click on that and say, okay, I want to join the book club without this intimidation of having to approach that person, right? And I think what's so beautiful about this platform is we're taking, virt we're taking a virtual reality, we're using technology as a tool to facilitate and to help people to muster up, so to speak, their courage. But it's not a virtual reality that's hooking users back further into this rabbit hole, such as most social media platforms. Instagram, Facebook, as I've mentioned in our last Aura uh, Talks episode, spend millions, millions. They employ psychologists as well as um, UX, UI designers to make sure that users will stay on the platform, right? Because their main source of revenue is AdSense. So the more um, like minutes that a user spends and clicks an ad, that's how they generate their revenue. So that's not exactly what we're going for here. We're still taking the tool of technology because it is a tool and helping people to interact with each other more. And like Ayesha said, by interacting more, you obviously are, it's, I mean, it's, it's a uh, undeniable outcome that you become closer. So I really would like to make this out, um, this distinction with the Aura platform. I really love what Andres said in our last episode. He said, it's not about uh, making users spend as much time on the platform, but as little time on the platform so that they can use the uh, remaining time in real life with new people, with new peers, or with uh, peers that you already know. So yeah. yeah. Um, I want to now move on to the second issue that the Aura platform is trying to address, which is how I would call it is connect and inform. So I Seth already mentioned that there is a constant influx of people coming in and out of Oracle, not only newcomers or not only newcomers or, uh, or volunteers, but also residents, because as I've already mentioned, Orville is not the easiest place to live, even climate-wise, right? You definitely need to have certain endurance and stamina to, like, survive the weather. For me, personally, after living away for so long, when I go back during summertime, I'm like, whoa, how did I ever manage? Anyway, so you have this influx of outflow inflow. So what I want to say with that is you constantly see new and unfamiliar faces, right? Yeah. But then I, I don't know, like, I don't think I, uh, even me being the most social person, I feel like I am a social butterfly. I don't have the urge to like really approach them and make friends with them. Because Orville is my home. Like I have my homies here. I have the people that know me. Like why would I make effort to like, you know, reach out to more people? So I want to ask both of you if there could be this vir virtual platform, aka the Aura platform, on which you could see newer members of the community. And one thing that I want to make uh, note of is you would have diver different user types. So you would have an account, an individual account, a unit account, because we have so many different like um, thriving businesses in Oracle. And then you have, let's say, a community account. So here, I just want to make a little note to our audiences who may not be so familiar with the Oracle lingo community. It's kind of like a cluster of different homes, like ranging from a few homes, a few houses to, let's say, a couple dozen that live that are like, geographically together in one place. And these communities are actually gated. So you have like an entrance and, um, and a lot of these communities have its distinct flair and value systems. Um, and then also the names are also quite funky. You have aspiration, courage, creativity, maduka. I mean, honestly, it, it just goes on. So imagine you have on this platform these different um, user types, right? And what it, that would allow for is a short profile of, about these user types. And for me personally, I wish that I not only knew the location to certain places, but also wish I knew this historical background of how did this community start? For example, Vikas is a very, very strongly focused on like collect sharing collective um, work. So I never knew that until I talked to an Oracle who's been living there since day one. So my point is, imagine a platform which could be, like Ayesha said in the previous conversation we had, a news and notes and an Oracle directory of some sort. You know. Mm -hmm. So do you guys see a? Would you find that kind of feature useful and relevant? I think it's very, very useful, um, especially because, yes, like when I go back to Oroville, I do want to meet up with my old friends from childhood. But first of all, not all my old friends are living there anymore because, mm -hmm. you know, we're all studying abroad or uh, things like that. And so 
and even for people who are living there, you know, as, you know, like Seth said, people are going in and out and it's nice to be able to meet m more people and make that access easier. Um, so I think it's going to, I think it's going to be um, very helpful. I think that even when you live in Oroville, you might not have the same access as everyone else or the same knowledge as everyone else to like what each of these communities offer. Um, so I think it's really great. I think it's a great way for, you know, people who um, live in different communities to interact and share and yeah. Yeah, how, how about you, Sus? So I, I have mixed opinions. Um, Cause in a way, um, the beauty of Orville for me is that it feels pure. It feels like it's not touched by technology. Um, it's, uh, it's just raw and it's basic, um, which is kind of what I, I love about it. And it's rough, you know, it's a rough place. You have to be strong to survive in it. You can't, you, you know, you, you, the survival of the fittest basically. And, and it's something I want to protect because it's my home and I've had to survive it. And I kind of feel like, well, that's the beauty of it. And I can, I can remember when we were small, there were no road signs. Um, and suddenly I remember they got implemented and introduced. People were upset because they were like, no, I got lost to go to school. Um, people have to get lost and to, as well, you know, to have that experience to never, to never forget again how to go somewhere. So I'm not that extreme. I think there are some things that are useful. However, I have such a big fear about technology. Like I know technology is such a positive push forward in so many ways and I keep discovering new technologies. Um, just today I had um, a Zoom talk with a bunch of people and there was this platform where we could meet one-on-one -on -one, and it was all designed that every 10 minutes you switch partner, which was amazing, right? It's such a huge uh, improvement and makes makes it easier right? and it cuts away so much waste time like Dambi mentioned. So yes, uh, I, I think this platform could be incredible. I just, I'm on the fence. 50% of me feels like <laughs> I wish I could also open up an app and read about communities um, and know what like people are offering and know um, specific things. Like I know there is an Oravillian who um, I respect a lot and she's such a beautiful woman and she is specialized on curing um toenails so i remember once i had a really big toenail infection and she was a specialist in that and she managed to cure it and how are you supposed to know that if you're there for like a month you know how are you yeah. supposed to and you might have like a really big toenail infection and you might have which gets worse and worse and worse especially in the climate which you could easily have resolved because somebody knows how to do it um i think within orville we have everything um, but how do we know what we have if we don't know it? Yeah. On the other hand, I'm just scared. I'm scared to uh, introduce technology in such a way to Orville and make it so accessible and um, like shine so much light on every aspect of the community. Like, I don't know, some stories are nicer to be heard in person than reading it on an app. Um, it, may, it might, what if like introducing this app uh cuts down on like human relationships what if like it actually becomes like you know social media it's such an amazing thing but instead of like meeting up you you just look at each other on instagram you know and i feel that so much especially in la uh what if there's that backlash with this app and i know it's designed like you said in a very particular way and it's designed to spend less time on it and the whole purpose of it isn't to earn money and the whole purpose of it isn't to distract you it's to inform you but do the question is, do we need this information? Like, um, this is how I feel. So, yeah. no, thank yeah. you. Sus. Honestly, I really, uh, I really appreciate all our conversations because there's so many different perspectives. Even though we respect and love each other so dearly, I think we all have very different yet complementary, complementing personalities. So I really haven't thought about it to that extent, but it gives me also like, like a food for thought. One thing I want to um, ask you in response to what you just shared, says is why do you think we have such a um, dominant fear in the community to open up to others? Because in a way, the mother did vision a, a bigger city, right? We haven't gotten to that 
population threshold, first and foremost, but also that's going back to the ideal of Orville is human unity, which again is very self-explanatory, is really allowing people from different backgrounds, from even people who are not Orvillians to come um, to give to the community. And I think, I mean, my own personal answer to that, um, to that knee-jerk reaction of like, no, we don't want so many new people, we don't want to make it too accessible, is because I think especially for the people who've dedicated years and years into the growth and development of Oracle, they're like, okay, so you're getting the fruits of my labor and you're just here as a bypasser, right? And I do understand that frustration. But I think it's like, a, a, it's a spectrum and we need to find a balance between that kind of aversion to whether it be technology or towards newcomers or like people who are just passing through and also embracing them wholeheartedly. I think those are very both extreme approaches, but in the middle is, I think through these conversations, Seth, through because even for me, like you saying that has given me much more perspective, right? Because you speaking from your own experience, you are also scared that having some sort of a digitalized tool or this platform might make things too easy for people. And, you know, they don't understand that Orville, part of like the beauty of Orville is the struggle and really being confronted with harsh things. Because we're not trying to, um, we're not trying to create paradise where people are coming to retire, right? It's like, such, yeah, it's just such a difficult balance, Dambi, and like it's an, such an interesting debate because, like, egoistically from my point, like I went back now for ten days, literally ten days, and I was overwhelmed by the amount of people there are, the amount of bikes on the road, the amount of pollution because every like there's a lot of dirt on the road, so like dirt as in earth. So when you when there are like more and more bikes and more and more um, cars, there's more dust, and honestly, like I, it was it was difficult for me to accept, and the, there was lines at the bakery. Um, there are more people, so you have to, everything is slower because instead of going in and out and getting your croissants, you have to wait in line. Um, and 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 of course, like of course, new people don't really know what they want, so they're there discussing and debating. Oh, that looks good. What is that? What is that? Which is great. I mean, that's be the beauty of discovering new things. But to somebody who just wants to get a croissant and go to work. Uh, it becomes an issue and I found it to be a big issue this time around and again I was only there for 10 days but I felt I felt overwhelmed to even go out on the road because there were too many people and on Sundays forget it Sunday like you you just want to stay home yeah. because the whole world is visiting Orville and it's that's the beauty of it how do you balance out um, integrating Orville to the world and showing it and, and making it accessible and also so, like living like legit living and it's the same kind of feeling venetians have in venice and italy and my dad mm, uh, being yeah. a resident in venice has that faces that a lot because venetians are moving away from venice because they're like it's impossible there are too many tourists um and it's kind of the same with orville there are these small unique places venice is unique there's no there's no never venice number two in the world and orville is unique there's no orville number two so everyone wants to get a piece of it yeah. but then how do you keep it pleasant so that people want to live there you know yeah i think what um just completely in line with what you were saying one of the thoughts that I always ask all my professors um who've taught any one specific culture is how do you embrace globalization like really embrace different cultures different thought processes different backgrounds but also preserve one native culture because it's such a big struggle in our generation, more so than the previous decades, right? And I guess in, in a, to a certain extent, this is an ongoing debate. And I really don't want to be a problem solver. I really think it's better to understand the problem than try to jump to the solution. This is something I've really learned a lot in my business thinking. Um, so yeah. Aisha, have you, do you have any thoughts to share on this regard? Yeah. Uh, do you... Oh, uh, I was going to uh, add to something um, regarding the Aura app. Um, sure. I have a couple of questions, actually. Yeah. Um, so, like, one of the questions I had was, um, how do you track fair reciprocity? Like, how do you, does everyone share equally? Is it that, you know, you get 10 credits, 10 Auras, and um, you share 10 Auras in terms, in, in the services that you provide? Yeah. Or how does that work? Okay, so how it would, so the unconditional endowment is that you get 10 auras, and uh, the second mechanism following that is that three, so 30% of these um, auras have to be shared with others. So upon joining um, the platform, you need to share certain, like select certain peers, so call it aura peers for this example, and then um, let's say if you select 10 peers, 
So three divided by 10, so 0.3 auras goes to each of these peers. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that is already an integrated um, like mechanism on the aura. But in terms of like sharing, you like offering your own services or tangible goods, it's up to you. So there's no pressure. So of course, I think what's so interesting about this platform is that it, okay. So what I've realized is that you need, I think pressure, just pressure, societal pressure in general and any type of pressure always hinders progress, right? So I think what's, um, what the success of this platform will be determined by how the pure intentions and how that intention turns into actual action. And I don't think, I don't think this is something I can like, you know, force people to do. No, I can, of course, share my ideas, share my vision, but I'm just hoping that through these conversations, even just having this conversation as AB kids and people hearing that, they might feel even more inspired. But I don't believe if we create a platform where you get 10, so now you need to offer 10, I think that might, uh, again, take away, even though it might be the most effective way to actually getting uh, launching this or, so to speak, rocketing this uh, forward. But for now, we're, hope, we're hoping, uh, we're relying on the, good intentions and hopefully the willingness of people to turn that intention into action. I think Orville is, you know, fundamentally uh, like it's built on trust and yeah. the platform is built on trust as well in that way. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that, that works, I think. Um, yeah. But then I had another question. Um, how do people who are providing these services um, in exchange for auras, um, how do they provide for their most basic needs? Is it from maintenance, oral maintenance? Okay, that's something, like, I love these questions because it's something that we got so often, especially during the first phase. So what I want to highlight with the Aura platform, it's a complementary currency. So it's not a complete replacement of fiat currency, in this case, Indian rupees, and also the maintenance structure is really complementing because basic needs are very relative. I mean, of course, you have these fundamental survival needs, be it water, housing, et cetera, et cetera. But there are certain, like, for example, Aisha, I would... I mean, please correct me if I'm um, if my assumption is wrong, but I would assume that the relationship and the connection you have to your horses is a basic need, especially when you're home and you are you are on that rather. It's something that is very fundamental, I believe, right? I mean, others would argue that's a want, like oh my god, horse riding, why? But for you having had such a close relationship to horses all your life. You want, I mean, it is something very fundamental, I think, to your happiness and fulfillment. And nobody can refute that. And I think everyone should respect that, you know. So for people to say what, oh, that is not a basic need or that is not a, that is a want and not a need, we have to first and foremost acknowledge that it's relative and very subjective. So what I'm trying to say is, yes, we're not tackling survival needs, but we're tackling certain basic needs that may be very uniquely tied to the user. Right. So maybe this is going to cause some confusion to people because they do have this understanding of basic being um, like food and uh, water and like clean air. But I see basic much broader than that. For me, actually, this is really neatly tied to my next talking point, which is living a simple and basic life. So the way I would um, distinguish between simple and basic because I don't really think those are um, the same complete thing. So simple for me is freeing yourself of materialistic desires. You know, like if I want, why do we really need that third winter jacket? Especially if I have one, one really good parka that suffices and it's in good condition too. And I think basic is more to do with really getting back to the source of everything, getting back to nature and getting back to let's say be planting trees or growing our own vegetables. And basic also means like having access and really understanding and um, being inter interacting with different forms of life, be it horses or be it dogs or whatnot, right? So I think um, we need to also expand our, our um, definition of basic. And in my, I mean, at least on the Aura platform, I hope that even though it's not survival needs that we're covering, there are certain basic needs such as for example, I, um, Seth and you both mentioned that 
We didn't really learn how to farm or plant even in such a agricultural like um, environment like Oracle, which is so surprising. We've definitely planted some like patches of grass at Matramandir, but we never had a dedicated lesson to um, for it. And there's so many people who are so well versed in permaculture and farming. So I'm hoping that people will also offer those services. I mean, it could be as simple as okay, I will offer um, how to, I will offer one hour of my service to come to your garden and plant a tree. And if you do it together, like you will learn that that skill is already given to you. So I hope that kind of um, answers your yeah. question. Yeah. So, I know I think it does. I think my question though was just like, in terms of the, the survival needs, will that be maintenance? Will I think so for the time being, yes. Hopefully, as we go forward there, we honestly don't know how things will move forward. But for the time being, I, I just have to stress that it's a complementary system and a complementary currency. That will, this is something we have to repeat so many times. Or abilities because they're like, oh, or a platform is not going to cover my food. Who's going to give me my food? That's why but, I wanted to talk about it because I think it's important and I think it's something that's sure. my question. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing it up, Aisha. Um, Sest, was there something you wanted to add? Yeah, I just. I get very like um, fired up when we start talking about simple basic um, needs because it's such a core um, thought of mine at this moment um, and especially living in America and in LA it's it's so difficult over here because you have marketing everywhere you get tempted to buy things all the time and actually corona um this corona quarantine has been amazing for me because i've been at home i have stopped going out i have stopped spending money on anything else than food um and a few books here and there on amazon our good friend amazon um which i don't want to publicize at all go watch the documentary it's really scary but anyways um and what i started doing is growing my own food and that's how this whole topic came up and i realized that i had no idea how to grow it and so i started reflecting upon it and i was like wow i grew up in such a an amazing community with so much green and sustainability and i didn't know how to grow my own food um, and then reflecting on it, I also realized that everyone has their own Oroville. This is a really important point that I think is so important. Oroville is different for everybody. So everyone lives Oroville in their own way. Everybody remembers Oroville in their own way. Um, and there's some of my friends that have grown up in farms. So they, they know exactly how to um, grow food. So. Uh, it's such a difficult topic to talk about Oroville for me because I tend to generalize according to my experiences, but the experiences that I, I remember of Oroville might not be uh, experience of somebody else. And that's the same as anywhere, but in Oroville becomes even more because you feel entitled to generalize it. No, So I, I remember having a conversation with you both a few days ago where I was like, you know, Oroville uh, didn't make it accessible for me to learn um, how to grow my own food or how to. And then I really thought about it after our conversation and I was like, no, it's actually Oroville makes it accessible, but doesn't spoon feed it to you. So um, there are people that have, well, I can, I can name one person, say hi to our dear friend, Mitya. Um, Mitya is somebody who is incredible because he goes out there and like, is part of everything. He's part of community service. He's, he's, he's like doing everything all the time. And I really feel inspired by him. And he is somebody that spent a lot of time um, growing crops and growing food. And he knows how to garden because he's interested in it. And, and yeah, so I just wanted to point out that everyone has their own Oroville and everything that I say today is my Oroville and the way I remember, the way I live it, the way I miss it. Um, and what Ayesha says is her Oroville, you know, her experience, and it's a really important thing. And my opinions on the Aura platform, I'm saying it from a perspective of living in LA, going to Oroville very few times a year. Um, so these are my current thoughts of today yeah. um, and I think it's important to remember that the only constant is change so everything changes all the time and we need to that, that's why we need to remain open um, for everything because your thoughts of today might be different to your thoughts of tomorrow Aura the value we create together, together.